Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crunchy Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Rod. I'm a crunchy mother of two little boys, and we live in the beautiful state of Colorado. I run a Facebook community group of over 8,000 moms, empowering them to reclaim motherhood and take their next steps towards holistic health. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. I hope you guys are all doing so well. I just want to say you guys are the most patient group of people waiting for me to release the second podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about fevers, but before I get started, I just wanted to mention two little things. Um, The first one, the reason that it has taken me so long to get this second podcast out is because I didn't feel like I had the time or the energy to devote what I did to that first episode. And my husband and all of his loving goodness told me, nobody cares. (laughs) So if you've come to this podcast hoping that it's going to be perfectly edited and everything's going to flow, I'm never going to stutter my words or say the wrong thing or lose my train of thought, you're probably in the wrong place. But if you're here and you're ready to dive in to all things crunchy motherhood with me and through all of the stumbling and rabbit trails and losing my train of thought and just real raw motherhood, then here we go. The second thing that I just wanted to be sure to mention before we dive into this topic is that I am not a medical professional. So I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, I am not qualified to be giving any kind of medical advice or diagnosing your child. What I am doing is I'm sharing my experience. So I am super into researching and learning about how the body works and the best things to do for natural health. And so I am just taking all of the information that I have learned and throwing it out there for you guys, sharing it with you so that you can make an informed choice for your family. Okay, so the first thing to define when we're talking about fevers is what a fever really even is. I see it all the time in our Facebook group and from talking with other moms, they'll say something along the lines of that their child had a fever, a low-grade fever of 99 degrees, and that is actually not a fever. So throughout the day, your body's temperature can fluctuate almost an entire degree up or down depending on the activities. So when you're sleeping, you're going to have a different temperature than when you're awake. And if you've eaten, then your temperature might be a little elevated versus if you just went to the bathroom, your temperature might be a little lower. So there's a lot of factors that play into what the normal body temperature is, and it's not always going to be 98.6. Different people have different levels that their body has set to be their baseline. Some of them might be a little higher, some of them might be a little lower. And so it's really important to understand what a fever is so that you know if you're actually talking about a fever or if you're just talking about a normal fluctuation in your child's temperature. So an actual fever is anything that is 100.4 or higher. Um, So if your child only has like 100.1, that's technically not a fever. The next thing to understand is what causes a fever. So a fever is very different than overheating because you're outside and getting to the point of heat stroke. So I wanna make that distinction because we're not talking about a child that has overheated, whether they were overdressed or they were out in the sun too long. That's an entirely different scenario that needs to be handled differently. Right now we're talking about a fever, which is usually caused by some kind of infection, whether it's bacterial or a virus. Um, That's usually what sparks on a fever. And so there's two different mechanisms that can cause a fever in the body. The first is that the actual virus or the bacteria is causing the fever. So fevers are actually controlled by a part of the brain that has a set point. So it sets your temperature, which is usually around 98.6. And when you have a fever, a virus or a bacteria can actually influence that part of your brain to raise the set point. So this is an intentional raising of your body temperature. This isn't some kind of wild thing that can go up and down and all over and 
you know, skyrocket and never stop. This is your brain intentionally raising the temperature in response to a pathogen that's inside your body. The other mechanism that plays into causing a fever is an inflammatory response, which also is usually in response to some kind of infection within your body. Um, and so both of these things, they send the signal to your brain and your brain says, all right, we're going to raise the temperature a little bit. So the part of your brain that's responsible for causing a fever is the hypothalamus. And when you think about that, this is an intentional raising of the temperature inside the body. You have to ask the question, why? Why would God design the body to have the hypothalamus in the brain to control the temperature and to increase the temperature in response to an infection? And so looking through multiple studies, it's been shown that an increase in body temperature actually reduces a virus and a bacteria's ability to replicate and infect the body. So obviously that makes sense that when you have an infection coming into your body, your body's first response is to raise the temperature to prevent the infection from getting worse. When you have a fever, your body also increases the ability to produce white blood cells and increases their activity. So white blood cells are the part of your blood that goes to fight infections. They're kind of like the little fighter cells that they rush to where the infection is and they start destroying the bacteria or the virus that's infecting your body. And so both of these things are obviously really great things that your body is designed to do in the presence of an infection. You know, you're increasing your body's ability to fight the infection while also decreasing the infection's ability to fight your body. So understanding those things might help you kind of understand a little bit more why in the natural world you will see a lot of moms advocating for not treating a fever. Um, because we now know that fevers are beneficial for fighting infections and that the hypothalamus has set a limit and it's not going to skyrocket and fry your child's brain. So there's been multiple studies that have shown that fevers are safe and beneficial in children even up to 107.6, which is 42 degrees Celsius. Um, that is the point where it might start to cause some damage to the brain. And there are also studies that show that there are really not any infections that are going to cause a fever that high. Most of the time, if a fever is getting that high, it's due to a brain injury and an injury to the hypothalamus, which is causing it to not function the way that it's supposed to, and it's setting that limit too high for the body. Um, but your body and your child's body knows what it's doing, and it, this is an intelligent design by God so that you can fight an infection. And so it's very, very unlikely that your child's fever will get above the point that their body can handle it. So one of the biggest concerns that a lot of parents have regarding letting their child run a high fever is that they're afraid of seizures. So I wanted to go ahead and address two major misconceptions about febrile seizures to hopefully give you some peace of mind. The first one is that febrile seizures are dangerous. They are not the same as seizures from epilepsy or any other kind of seizure disorder. They do not cause damage to the brain like other seizures might. The other one is that febrile seizures are caused by high fevers. We defined earlier in the podcast that a fever is anything of 100.4 or higher. So a febrile seizure, which means a fever seizure, can happen at any point between 100.4 and all the way up to that threshold of 107.6. So there really is no magic number in between there where you're at a higher risk of developing a febrile seizure or your child having one. What causes them is a rapid spike or a rapid decline in temperature. And actually, a lot of febrile seizures are influenced by the parent's response to the child's fever. So one of the common things that you might see recommended for a child with a high fever is to put them into the bath to cool them down. 
And this one is kind of touchy because you have to have the right temperature in the bath or you put them at risk for developing a febrile seizure. If the bath is too cold, their body is going to rapidly cool. And then once they get out of the bathtub, as they're drying and they're in the cold air, they're going to get even colder. And that is a really risky time to trigger a febrile seizure because the body's temperature is rapidly declining, rapidly trying to adjust. And that's kind of when things in the brain just kind of go haywire and need a little bit of a reset. Because we know that febrile seizures are not dangerous and we also know that they're caused by a rapid change in temperature rather than a specific temperature number, many studies and pediatricians both agree that automatically dosing your child with Tylenol or Advil, even if they're at an increased risk for developing a febrile seizure because they've had one before, is not an effective way to try and prevent a febrile seizure because they're not caused by the high number. It's not something that you need to lower. It's caused by a fluctuation in the temperature. Now, some of you guys might still have your jaw on the floor after hearing me say a fever of 107.6. That might make you really nervous and that's totally fine because that would make me nervous too, being right up there at that threshold. But I wanted to share a little bit of our experience with fevers that we had with Jacob to kind of give you an idea of how this kind of played out for us. So back in January of this year, Jacob had just turned two and we also had a four week old in the house. And so any kind of illness kind of had me a little bit on edge for the baby and Jacob spiked a fever. And so usually when he has fevers, they last for maybe 24 hours. I let it ride its course. I keep him comfortable. I'm totally calm and the fever breaks and then he's fine the next day. That's been the course of every fever that he's had up until this point. And that didn't happen. So he had a fever that was at 102, 103, 104, and it just kept going up. And it ended up settling somewhere between 104 and 105. And by the third day, we started to get pretty worried because um, he had never had a fever for that long and he had no other symptoms. I had already started treating him for a UTI, giving him some D-mannose and vitamin C in case that's what was going on. And it didn't seem to be making a difference. And so... We kind of panicked <laughs> and we decided that we should probably take him in to urgent care um, just to get him checked out. It was a Sunday evening and his temperature was still at 105. He was absolutely miserable. And so we took him in to get um, a urine test to see if he did have a UTI and they also ran some blood tests and everything came back clear. He had no symptoms. All he had was the fever. And basically they told us, here's some ibuprofen if you want it. Um, and we decided to not give him the ibuprofen and to go home. I used some peppermint oil to kind of lower the fever a little bit to keep him comfortable for that night. But then the fever continued for another two days. And we called the pediatrician's on-call line. And the pediatrician that I talked to, he was amazing. Um, we don't really take Jacob to the pediatrician. He hasn't been since he was a year old. But I love having their on-call line and having doctors that have holistic knowledge to kind of talk me down off of the ledge when I'm having these anxiety attacks about my kid's health. And this doctor, he was cooking dinner, it sounded like, or washing dishes or something. He was obviously at home. And he basically told me that, confirming what I already knew about fevers, that the fever won't hurt him. It can't get high enough to hurt him. And that if I don't want to treat it or if he won't take any kind of medication, then it's totally fine to just let it run its course. Um, but that the only reason to give medication would just be to give it give him comfort. And so we actually went out to CVS and bought some dye-free ibuprofen because we had we don't own any baby pharmaceuticals. And so we went out and bought it because we just felt so bad for him. And I tried to give him a dose and he refused to take it. 
like would not even let me put it in his mouth after he got the first taste. And so we kind of, we were like trying to like trick him into drinking it, trying to mix it in with stuff. And he ended up vomiting all over me because he was so mad that I was trying to get him to take the ibuprofen. And so at that point we were like, okay, we're just going to do what we know to do. The fever is fine. Yes, he's miserable, but we're just going to let it run its course and put him to bed that night, checked on him a few times throughout the night. And by morning his fever had broke and he was totally fine. Nothing was wrong. It was one of the wildest things ever, but it really confirmed for me, it was something that I needed to see and experience for myself, that a fever was not going to hurt him. That having a 105 fever for a week was miserable, um, but it didn't cause any harm to his body and it allowed his body to fight whatever he was fighting. We couldn't see any symptoms. So even if we wanted to treat whatever he um, had going on, there were no symptoms to treat. And so it really caused us to have to rely on his body and the way that God created his body to work in ways that we couldn't understand. And obviously one of the other concerns that a lot of parents have regarding fevers is that it makes their child miserable. Um, like I said in the story, Jacob was pretty miserable that week that he had the fever. Um, and every time I've had a fever myself, I'm pretty miserable. I've had three rounds of mastitis with Peter. And then I also had a fever for 48 hours when we had COVID back in April. And so I am not like ignorant to the fact that fevers are miserable, um, but I do understand that there is a purpose for the pain. And I'm not just some evil mom who's like, now I want my kid to suffer. I don't want them to feel great. Um, I know that the fever is doing a job and yes, it's uncomfortable in the moment, but it is the way that my children's bodies are designed to fight infections and protect themselves. Um, and I don't want to interfere in that process if I don't have to. And so there's a few different ways that you can provide comfort for your kids when they're dealing with fevers without lowering the fever. Um, so you can, one of the ways that we keep Jacob happy when he has a fever is just letting him eat whatever he wants. Um, usually it's fruit. And so whenever he's sick, I put in an Instacart order for a ton of fruit. He loves blueberries. He loves grapes. He loves pineapple. And I just buy a ton of fruit. And anytime he's upset, I just let him snack on whatever he wants. That usually keeps most toddlers happy because they just love to snack. Um, if your baby is not old enough to eat, then breastfeeding, if you're breastfeeding, is one of the best things that you can do for your baby when they are sick and when they have a fever. So Peter had a fever last week, I think. I really have a lot of experience with fevers. Um, my kids get fevers almost every single time that they're sick. But like I said, other than that one time with Jacob, that one week that he had that fever... They have never had a fever for more than 24 hours. It always breaks and then symptoms are completely gone. So I'll take 24 hours of illness with a fever over two weeks of illness without one. But when Peter had a fever, all he wanted to do was breastfeed all day long. Like he would nurse and then he'd fall asleep for like 30 minutes and then he'd wake up and want to nurse again. And I just let him. He was basically attached to my boob for 24 hours. So breastfeeding is a great way to comfort your baby and also that you're giving them the antibodies to help them fight the infection. Another thing that you can do is like cool rags on their forehead. This isn't necessarily to lower their body temperature, but it allows the heat to escape and so they don't feel as hot in their face, which is kind of just really uncomfortable. There's some other homeopathic remedies that you can use. You can use Arnica for um, if they have body aches with the fever. 
So there's a lot of different natural things that you can do to keep your child comfortable through a fever. They're not going to be pleasant. They're not going to be 100% happy, chipper, their normal selves. Um, but you can use a bunch of different things to get you through and allow that fever to do its job without having, having to lower it. So knowing what you now know about fevers, you know kind of what they are, how they're caused, what the benefits are of letting them run their course, you are still the parent and you get to make an informed choice on what's best for your family and your child. So you can choose to do it on a case-by-case -case basis based off of how miserable they are when they get the fever. Maybe you wanna set kind of your comfort zone of how high you're comfortable letting it go if you're not comfortable letting it go all the way up to that limit. Um, or maybe you're just really not comfortable with fevers at all and so you plan to treat them as they come. So I wanted to kind of give a little bit of information about treating a fever medically so that you can still make an informed choice because there is a difference between the options that you choose. So the two main options for kids to medically treat a fever would be ibuprofen, um, which is also um, advertised under the name Advil or Motrin, and then acetaminophen, which is Tylenol. So I'm gonna talk about Tylenol first because that one is the worst option for your child. So when you give your baby Tylenol, it depletes the body of a substance called glutathione and glutathione is needed for detoxing the body. And so it removes toxins from the body, it removes viruses, it removes bacteria. It's an essential part of your body's toxin removal system. Um, and when you dose with Tylenol, Tylenol is a toxin to your liver. And so all of the glutathione in your body, not all of it, but a lot of it, is directed towards removing the Tylenol from the body which then takes away from its ability to remove the virus or the bacteria or any other built up toxins that are affecting your child's ability to heal. And so you might lower the fever, but you are also doing damage to the liver and then you're directing resources in the body away from healing. And so if you're going to treat a fever medically, I would recommend avoiding Tylenol if you can. Um, just for those reasons, because you don't want to hinder your child's ability to heal, especially when they're already sick. Whereas Advil, it doesn't affect the liver that way. It doesn't deplete the body of glutathione. Um, it's obviously still a toxin to the body. It's a foreign substance that your body, that their bodies are going to have to filter out. Um, but in the instance of an illness, it's less harmful for their body to have the ibuprofen or the Motrin rather than having Tylenol. Um, and then within that, there are safer options and better options for ibuprofen. You can get dye-free ibuprofen. Um, I think sometimes you can get, there's some brands that have less additives than others, less flavor. And so you can kind of be a little bit more picky on the kind of ibuprofen that you get. You don't just have to get the name brand Advil or whatever they have on the shelf. You can still choose safer alternatives for your kids, even if you're choosing to use a medication to lower their fever. But I don't want you to think that if you are uncomfortable with fevers, that your only option is to use medication because there are also natural alter alternatives to lower a fever. Um, so like I said in my story about Jacob, after we had gone to urgent care and they wanted to give him some medication to lower his fever, they were okay with me using peppermint oil to lower his fever. And so I, I had brought a diluted roller of peppermint essential oil with us that I had made and I rolled it along his spine and his belly button and down his feet about every 10 minutes. And that did lower his fever a few degrees. And so that is an option. Um, I know that there are homeopathic options. 
I admittedly am not very knowledgeable about homeopathic remedies, so I have not used any for fevers. Um, but I do know that there are some that other moms swear by that are very effective for lowering fevers. So there are still natural alternatives to lowering a fever if that's what you choose to do. So that's basically all I had to share with you guys on the topic of fevers. I hope this was helpful for you to kind of understand what fevers are and what your options are for when your child has a fever. Um, like I said in the beginning, I'm not a medical professional. This is just information that I've gathered that I wanted to share with you so that you can do further research so that when your child has a fever, you're not left scrambling and feeling panicked. I want you to feel empowered and I want you to feel confident that you know how to handle a fever in your child. You know what the purpose is and you know what your plan of action is going to be.